Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and everyone's here. Everyone's back. It's like nothing happened. Nobody went away. Nobody, nobody missing. Uh, the other thing that's not missing is football. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about last week's football. Talk about this week's football. I mean, let's face it, it's just, it's just football everywhere, as, as you'd expect from a football podcast. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop reviews where you can drop reviews and uh, just generally share the podcast around. Stop people in the street, give it to them. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes. Those infamous words, once again, have come through your ear holes to you, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of football-based nonsense, chatter and patter, as it were, from your favourite podcast production team of the Cookie Cat Podcast Network. I, of course, am here with my three... Very close personal friend, our leader, as it were, of the Cookie Cast Network, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you this week, sir? Oh, absolutely. Uh, just just delightful. Delightful. We love, we love to hear it, as always. He's, uh, he's on point with his Cookie Cast merch, available at thecookiecast.com. Um, also joining us this week is... Nottingham Forest correspondent and uh, North East native, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm good. I'm back. I'm ready to bring the misery, apparently, uh, as uh, from last week's podcast, as I heard. <laughs> well, not to foreshadow too much, but I can't see it being a particularly happy podcast this week. But we'll get to that. And uh, rounding out the um, magnificent quartet is our... East Riding, Humberside, whatever it is this week going by, we uh, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and I've already forgotten, so you'll have to fill us in again. It is Bull's Finest, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you, sir? He's on mute. He's forgotten to take himself off mute, ladies and gentlemen. Press the... I did press the gun. Uh, I'm okay, seemingly much better than my uh, information communication technology skills this evening. ICT, I haven't heard that phrase used for too, too many years. We won't go into the exact in-depth nature. So Probably around the time that they stopped calling it Humberside, I should imagine. Quite possibly, my uh, geography skills obviously need an update as well. So, week 33 is now officially in the books, but we need to go through it from a predictions perspective. So we'll start in the Premier League, where our first game of the week saw Nottingham Forest take on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, How did this one shake out, Mr Moore? Uh Ah! I think 
you know, a kind of a typical kind of relegation battle. Um, I think, obviously, yeah, I wasn't on last week. I wasn't on last week to talk about it, but I think we mentioned to each other, um, like, that, well, yeah, I think the last time I was on, that it's going to turn into teams turning up, defending, because they know we won't win away. More of that later. Um, so try and pick up, you know, stop us from picking up points at home. Um, so, but Boris do have a lovely knack of shooting themselves in the foot as well. So, of course, starts all right. Johnson gives uh, Forrest the lead, 1-0. Um, then, uh, yeah, guys, apparently it's a very te- it was a very touchy game. Obviously, there was a bit of tension that rolled over from the uh, Carabao Cup. I'm going to call it the Coca-Cola Cup there. Uh, the Carabao Cup. Um, that I think lingering over, and obviously the Wolves manager had, had a lot to say for himself and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of carried on. Um, so, yeah, kind of looking at the match report, Forrest had uh, Alan Tate sent off. Um, Wolves had an assistant manager, Sands, sent off as well. Um, uh, and then, of course, Forrest decided to let Podance, Podance, uh, there, I don't know if she's a striker, a winger, whatever he is, 83rd minute. So, Johnson scored in the 38th minute. Forrest managed to cling on till the 83rd minute. To which then, yeah, they scored. Um, uh, on, and that was not the end of his involvement in the game uh, because at the time people were like, yeah, I think he's spat at Brennan Johnson. Uh, it's now been confirmed today uh, that, it, that well, he's been charged with allegedly spitting at Brennan Johnson, um, which wasn't picked up with v- on VAR at the time, which would have probably left to have been sent off. I'm not quite pop- sure which part of the pitch it was done in. Um, on top of that, apparently there was a, a really strong VAR sh- shout for Forrest to get a handball, uh, which was turned away. Um, and we're not getting the rubber green, the green on the VAR side of things either. Um, but yeah, finished one all. Um, not really any use to either side, to be fair. And it just keeps us where we were. Yeah, I think yeah. the. I, I'd certainly agree for the. Uh, the spitting incident for Pedence, it, um, it certainly looked obviously they, they, you could see the, the sort of the VAR checks that was done via the match of the day. Um, and it certainly looked as though, uh, whilst I, I can, I think, yeah, she said it off air, um, whilst you can't, the, the, the clip doesn't ever actually show physical sort of, I was going to say contact, so that's not really what I mean, but you can't actually see the physical sort of confrontation. Of him actually, yeah, for one of a better bit making contact with his face, um, but you can see the sort of steps of him going to sort of make the attempt, as it were, which... I said to you boys, I think he's in his own right should probably come with enough reason to send him off anyway because yeah. if you're going to be so low as to attempt to spit at someone, you deserve to get sent off from the pitch because that is one of the lowest things and one of the most despicable things anyone can ever do. And I've always thought if, if someone spat at me, I, I, I don't know how I'd be able to sort of keep myself composed to not you know, cave their face in or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But 
from the penalty, if it's the one that I'm thinking about, the guy had his hands by his side and he had the ball basically fired at him from about a yard away. So okay. I think I think if if it's it might not be that one, it might be a different one. But if it is that one, I think I think they would they'd have been very very unlucky to, to have given a penalty away for that one. Um, from a predictions perspective, uh, both myself and Mr. Cook had taken the trip to Optimistic Island this week, and we'd both gone for one nil Forest wins. Sadly for me, I went Gibbs White as the goal scorer, so I don't get any points whatsoever. Andy does at least get the uh, get the bonus point with the goal scorer of Brennan Johnson. However, Mr. Woodmansey and Mr. Moore had obviously gazed into the future and had predicted one-one draws, so get themselves two points right there. Matt Sally was on the same was on the same thing as me, and had gone for Gibbs White to score for Forest and Neves to score for Wolves. Uh, Stuart on the other hand had taken Jimenez to score for Wolves and Johnson to score for Forest. So bags himself a bonus point for the scorer. So after one game, me sadly yet to score. Mr. Cook, one point. Mr. Moore, two points. Mr. Woodmansey taking an early lead with a three points. Our second game of the week <sighs> took us to West Yorkshire. Where it was Middlesbrough's old manager Neil Warnock taking on Middlesbrough and their current manager of Michael Carrick, uh, and it was, by all intents and purposes, a, a very a fairly scrappy open to the game. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of chances created. Um, kind of petered out until about forty second minute when um, Cameron Archer broke away with the ball, carried it pretty much the length of the full length of the pitch. Um, laid the ball across the area. Uh, Tuba went for it, but then realised he wasn't in the best position, so left the left the ball to run. Ran through to Mark Force, who slotted it away for a one 0 lead. That's how it stayed until half time, and then after half time, it all kind of went a bit wrong. Uh, Twenty seconds in to the second half, I believe his name is Josh. I'll just double check. Josh Ruffles, maybe, uh, but Ruffles. Managed to ruffle the feathers of the uh, collective Middlesbrough team by picking the ball up uh, deep uh, and uh, beating about three or four guys unchallenged into the box uh, and rifled it into the top corner. Keeper had no chance to uh, draw the team's level. Uh, six minutes after that, no, I can't do maths. Eight minutes after that, Josh Corona um, managed to get loose um, and kind of used the defender almost as a shield uh, to sort of pass the ball into the corner. At first, I thought the keeper should have done better than watch it from, from the reverse angle. And he basically, the, the keeper don't see it until it basically passed him. Um, so that turned it into a 2-1 Huddersfield. Uh, and three minutes later, the game was pretty much was pretty much over as uh, Matthew Pearson made it 3-1 um, with, a, I think it was a reflected effort, to be honest with you. Um, and then by the 66th minute, it was it was definitely all to cock as he popped up again at the back post, completely unmarked to score the fourth. <sighs> but had a goal um, or an, an appeal for a goal chalked off, um, and a free kick was given uh, in Huddersfield's uh, direction. Um, they actually played it back on the on the coverage as well, and uh, 
the goal uh, the goal decision review system was in place and did in fact show that the ball didn't cross the line, so it wouldn't have been a, a, a second goal for Borough. They did, however, get that second goal uh, when Tuba popped up here at the back stick to head in across to make it 4-2. With about 15 minutes left to go, sadly, that's where the scoring ended. And uh, dare we say, potentially, that might have ended Middlesbrough's hopes of automatic promotion as they now find themselves six points behind Sheffield United. And Sheffield United still have a game in hand. Uh, so if they win that, I'll go to nine points. Only eight games left. It's looking unlikely that Borough will be able to overturn that gap, sadly. So not the uh, not the best of weekends for uh, for Borough, uh, and uh, not the best of weekends from us as a as a set of predictors, as we all had Middlesbrough wins apart from myself, and I'd gone for a draw. So even my pessimism wasn't quite enough, as I should have gone for a thumping home uh, a thumping home win. Had a, had a bad feeling about Colin, Colin and his team. Um, Andy had gone 2-0 to the Borough, Archer and Akpom to score, so bags himself a bonus point for a scorer. Matt had gone 1-4. So he got a four. Held it. Just for the wrong team. Rhodes to score for Huddersfield Town. No point there. Two for Akpom, Archer and a Ramsey goal, so he gets himself a bonus point for the Akpom goal. Stewart gone for a 3-1, Borough. Rodoni for Huddersfield. Archer, McGree and Akpom for the Borough. And my 1-1 had Ward for Huddersfield and Akpom for Borough. So basically, as you were in the predictions, as we'd all picked an Akpom goal. Our third game of the week sees us take, uh, take ourselves over to... I've already forgotten. Is it Humberside? Is it the East Riding? Do we just say Yorkshire? I don't know. But anyway, we were in Hull. For the Why don't you just say Hull? Just say Hull. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hull. It's well, yes, welcome to ha- Hull. People tuning um, in. People tuning in. It rings true because uh, there were zero goals. Well, zero goals. Not, not the best. Uh, the, the, there was there was one red card, however, on seventy nine minutes for Rotherham, and Hull couldn't do anything about that for the last eleven minutes of the game either. Um, just regular listeners will remember that last week I talked about the fact there was a ticket offer on, and they'd absolutely hammered it. They'd got a bumper home crowd. What a way to reward twenty three thousand four hundred and thirty two people by doing fuck all with it. Uh, two, two fan hit the bar on 63 minutes. Everybody wished they'd hit the bar much earlier than that that was watching. Uh, Hull had 14 shots during the game, only one of which was on target. It was, however, the 10th clean sheet of the season. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Indeed. Predictions-wise, we had all taken Hull wins. As it finished nil, now I don't need to go through the goal scorers. So that's it. Nil points across the board. So after three games, it's like it is, as we were. I, I managed to get a point. 
having blanked in the first game. Uh, I'm on one, Andy's on two, Matt's on three, Hugh's on four. We go to our last game of the week, which saw Leeds United take on Nottingham Forest in a rearranged fixture from earlier in the season. Um, do we do we have to do we have to go through it? People want it. Do people want it? I don't know. <laughs> Did Forrest win? Uh, no. He says. He says already knowing the answer to the question. <laughs> Again, it started. It started very well. I mean, I, I was I was I was out yesterday with some work colleagues. I it got to about quarter to eight, and then I became very antisocial for about an hour or so, um, and then started happening. Got was happy and then got progressively more miserable. Um, so yeah, once again, good start by Forrest. Uh, apparently playing on the counter attack. Um, and Mang- Mangala, Mangala, who's had a bit of an up and down season at the start of the season, he looked great. And but then apparently is rounding back into form now. But we can we can discuss after whether it's possibly too late. Um, but. Scored a really nice goal, tucked it in really well, like, yeah, to, uh, uh, like edge of the box, really nice. Um, yeah, crack and start, all you think is, right, don't concede. Straight away conceded. Harrison, what a horrible, I mean, we could say it about all of them, but, you know, he's a horrible little prick. So we'll, we'll start with that one, so... Um, he scored. Uh, it was poor goalkeeping, I think, from Navas. You know that was a save where just save save the shot, put it out of play, and he didn't. He just served it straight back to Harrison, um, who took it away. Uh, second goal was a really good goal. Sinistera. I don't know who he is. Apparently, he's been out a lot of the season. Um, that was a nice finish. It was one of them ones where again. Like I think, like you said, was it one of the one of the uh, one of the Huddersfield goals? You looked at the goalkeeper and thought, "Oh, what's the keeper doing?" And from one angle, it looks like the keeper's just really not bothered to try and save it. And then when you see it from the angle behind the goal, Navas didn't stand a chance. But it's just poor defending. I think that was the thing that's frustrating. Um, and then yeah, Forrest huffed and puffed, but couldn't get. The goal back they bought on a one year they bought on Andre Ayew, um, yeah, and a bid to score goals that never never came. Um, I think I text well, I saw on Sunday when the Premier League became trigger happy with sacking people. And I was like, whoa, um, Cooper's seat's going to be really hot, and if we don't get a result at Leeds, um, he could be on his way out. Um, but then a sta- from there, a statement from the club has said that he currently isn't going anywhere, uh, but, but uh, performances and results need to improve quickly. And I'm thinking, right, so he's not going to, like, I think one, one, uh, yourself, Mr. Williams, said, uh, or, uh, or Hugh, I think, said, he's probably not going to see Easter Monday because uh, they're playing Villa away um, on Saturday. So. Spoiler alert for the predictions. It's a difficult one. It was always going to be a difficult challenge anyway. 
And I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I obviously, it's kind of you know when you when you're in a bad mood, you don't need people making smart comments. And there was some smug prick on uh, one of the presenters from Sky Sports. But well, they signed one thousand four hundred thirty-six players and so I'm like, well, of course they didn't sign them any prick. It was about you know it was in the twenties. Um, you know, to be fair, Phil Bab was like, well, that's a bit of an over exaggeration, which made me laugh. Kind of thing because I was like rain the guy and he's like bit of an over exaggeration and yeah they needed to buy players so there's gonna and the problem's gonna be is when and, and the others kind of can see definitely where I'm at at the moment when they go down which it seems very likely that they will do it's gonna be well they signed too many players and yeah yeah but you know I think Cooper's job was difficult it was gonna be difficult whether they signed ten players. Or they signed 110 players. And getting them all to settle down, I, I think they bought poorly. I don't I don't understand John Joe Selby. I, you know, I didn't rate him beforehand. I don't rate him now. And he seems to just walk straight into the team and doesn't really kind of add anything. They've lost a lot of players through injury, which I know, and that that's why you buy your 1,436 players. Um, kind of, you know, and... But I think to sack Cooper after the job he did last year, based on this year going as expected, because I think the only person in this world that thought that Forrest would be higher than where they are now is apparently the owner. Oh, and Andy. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I, I, I don't know, I think... You know, I was speaking to my dad about it a couple of weekends ago, and if they go down, yeah, they might have to, they might have to sell Brennan Johnson. Are they going to get 40, 50 million for him, possibly? Um, but then they're not going to, you know, they'll get rid of, like, the lone players that, are, that haven't worked or, you know, are going to stay or won't stay. And, but the players that they've bought are going to make a, I was going to say, a decent championship squad team fully expect me to come. If the Forest do go down and we keep a good chunk of the squad, fully expect me to come back in July, August time and predict us to get over 100 points. Because if they keep Cooper and they keep that squad, or the good chunk of that squad, then they should walk the championship. Like, it should be done and dusted by this time next year if they're down. But I think they need to keep Cooper. I, I just don't understand. I don't. I don't understand where sacking because as um, as Phil again, as Phil Bab said, it's like who are they going to get in? Who's going to come and manage Forest for eight games when you've got? I can't. You know, we've got Man United, we've got um, Arsenal, we've got a lot of the top kind of ten clubs in the in the league between now and the end of the season. So just you're going to turn up for a payday for two months and it's not going to change anything. Paul's forgotten his mute. Yeah. Um, I've seen on... <laughs> it was either BBC or Sky um, and there was talk of... This, this was before the announcement had come out when the, the chairman had said that he would 
fully behind him, but like, you know, results had to change or improve so that. Um, that when they, when there was talk of him being re- replaced, that Patrick Vieira was the was the guy they were looking at. And while whilst I don't necessarily think that's a terrible shout, obviously they're not exactly in a much better they're not in a much worse position than Crystal Palace. And obviously Crystal Palace thought, well, we probably need to get away from Patrick Vieira to give ourselves a chance of staying up. So you always wonder when teams that are sort of in and around the top, the bottom, like, well, as it is at this season, the bottom nine, for some bizarre reason, why a guy who leaves one of those clubs goes to another one and they think, that's, well, we're definitely going to get better results here. It's always well, that's, happening. That's what I thought, you know, like, when they said Vieira, I was like, well, he's left a club that are on the same amount, or same amount of points, or, well, when he left them, they were on the same amount of points as us. Obviously, Roy's coming and got himself three sweet points this weekend. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, like that, I think like, like when they were talking about it, it was like two clubs have changed. You know, so many clubs have changed their manager, and they're still below Forest. And then some clubs haven't changed their manager, and one of them's below Forest, and a few of them are above Forest. I just, I don't know, it's it, it's a difficult league and some of the players that they bought are, are alright and some of them haven't been up to scratch. Nico Williams is terrible. Just, I just want to put that on the record. He is awful and has been responsible for all three goals that they've conceded over the past four or five days. It's, they've all come down the right. He's always out of, out of position or caught on the ball. Or something like that. So, good job, Liverpool. You're really doing a good job producing right backs at the moment. Plus, as well, if they do decide to go down the route of replacing someone, I know, like, they, they just I know you mentioned Vieira, but the the managerial market seems pretty drab at the moment. Especially if, like, no offense to to Matt, but like, if a team like Chelsea are considering bringing back Lampard until the end of the season. Like who are you gonna get? Like put put the fucking bat signal out. Get Steve Bruce in for eight games. Like what? Like it's just nah. I heard someone say for Leicester, this is the best one I heard at the weekend was Nigel Pearson, and they were like, "Well, I think you got a job," and they were like, "Yeah, but you know you can get people out of a job." Like, yeah, I'm not gonna be like bashing down the door to get Nigel. This is not for Forest. I certainly don't think he would be brought in at Forest, but no one's gonna be. Burning, you know, bashing down doors to get Nigel Pearson to come into their side for eight games in a bid to keep them in the league. For him particularly as well, he, he, he does a certain job for teams, and obviously we can speak from experience, but he'll get a young team playing fairly well his way, and then when it all sort of goes to shit, he's got no plan B, and add into the mix that he's a horrible bastard, like the the press, the press don't like dealing with him. It gets to the point where that then turns to the the club's owners don't like dealing with him because he, he can't clearly tell who's a reporter and who's not by a certain point. From what I've heard, um, there was when Hull played Bristol um, not too long ago. Uh, they were, I listened to the radio commentary and they were talking about um, Pearson. And of course, Bristol ended up winning, and he did the stupid dance when they scored. 
Um, and the, the guy on, who was doing the commentary on the, the, the local radio was like, I think that's the, the most personality I've seen from him since before he signed as Hull City manager. <laughs> it's just, yeah, not fun. Not fun. Don't want anybody like that. Yeah, not the... Uh, certainly wouldn't be the fan's choice, I dare say. Um, either, well, some would have at Leicester, but certainly not at Forest. Um, from a predictions perspective... I, I had jumped straight in with the nil-nil draw, so no points for me. Um, Andy had gone super optimistic here with the 4-0 Forest win. Sadly, none of his goal scorers were named Mangala, um, so he gets himself no points there. Uh, Stu and Matt had sort of seen the light and at least gone for a 1-0 Leeds win, so bag themselves a point for the correct result. Sadly, neither of them had picked the correct goal scorer. Um, so, to close out the week, languishing in last place with one point, a measly one point from four games, it is Paul Williams. Terrible form. Two points from four games is Mr Andrew Cook. Four points from four games, very respectable for Mr Matthew Moore. Taking the win this week with five points from the four games... <coughs> It is Humberside's finest. Sorry, the East Riding's finest. Sorry, Hull's finest. <laughs> Mr. Stuart Woodmanson. <laughs> can, can I just ask a, a, a question? Have you been fiddling the book again? Because on a week when all of our teams do absolutely fucking terribly, how has Mr. Optimism managed <laughs> not to come last? Uh, obviously, uh, I just have to take uh, umbrage there and apologise to all our uh, listeners there for the foul, foul tirade from Mr. Pottymouth there over in Humberside. Sorry, he's right. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, uh, he, of course, did not mean to swear and uh, call Mr. Cook Mr. Optimistic. That is very, very rude. I think there was an F-bomb in there as well, so, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, listen, we, we definitely didn't get a chance to say, you know, earmuffs for those listening with, with small ears around, but we do apologise. And um, all we can say is we'll try and do better. And we'll try and do better as we go straight into week 34's predictions. Now, this is Easter week on the podcast. So, lots of time off for everyone involved. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Our first game of the Easter break takes us to the northeast, But not in the way you would think, ladies and gentlemen. You have to go slightly further up to Wearside, where Sunderland will take on Hull City. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodmancy's team. Let's see if he can keep his swears in his pocket. When he gives us his prediction at the end. I'll jump straight in. I have unfortunately gone for a 1-0 Sunderland win here with Diallo to score the goal. I think I'd seen that Hull haven't won in eight games. So, that's that's the only reason I've gone for a Sunderland win. I don't think Sunderland are doing too badly. They obviously, last game they played, they were able to hold Burnley to a 0-0 draw at Burnley. Um, so yeah I I think Sunderland might just have slightly too much for Hull in this one Uh, Mr Cook what have you got for this one 
So, he's in the room. Got to give him a goal. But I'm also, unfortunately, going to give Sunderland a goal. But, I'm going to make up for it with my goal scorer. Because I've gone with Stuart. Yeah, he's definitely injured. Oh, what? Ross Stewart is done for the season. He um, did himself in in the Borough game, didn't he? I believe so. You know what? Uh, you know what would be useful if they put it on the website, maybe. <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to put next to the squad list buggered for the season. Why not? <laughs> right. Well, you can have lo- you can have Longman for your whole goal scorer, and then you're gonna have to come back to me. This is That's this fine. is disgraceful. Do you, to, uh, do you want me to give you some real shit-house names? Um, uh, oh, basically. Go for that fucking wanker. Ah, oh, double swears. Double is all the swears. It, it's it literally. <laughs> it's yeah. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get the uh, the, the ultra X rated on this on this rating. Happen. But yeah, Luke O'Neill. I swear to God, it like. That that kid takes wind up merchant to the next level. So, like there was there was a thing where like they, they showed a, they showed a clip of him uh, playing Norwich a couple of weeks ago, and you know how they normally put the ball on like a plinth so the the ref can sort of pick it up as they come out of the uh, tunnel. Yeah, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So like, as he, as he's going in, Luke and I just punches the ball off the plinth. Why? Why not though? It's the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen. He's just a proper little belly. He's not even. He's not even a good player. He's absolutely shit. What What about Bennett? Uh, Let me double check. I think he's. I think he's playing. I'll just see if he was in the squad for the last game. Um, Or gel hard. Gelhard, Gelhard's uh, on loan. Oh, he's on loan from Leeds. You don't want to be kidding him. I mean, Bennett didn't play in the last game and wasn't on the bench. Ah, uh, he was not. Um, Lee Hadji, Isaac yes. Lehad. He came on as a substitute. Right there we go. Somebody who is listed on the website who actually plays for this team. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's go with him. Sunderland, oh, Andy, sort you your web. Out. You could have gone straight in for Gooch. I don't that like. I don't like to go straight for the Gooch. I like to work my way around <laughs> to it. Come on. You could. Have, you could have hit the Gooch hard, man. I, I think. I think we've just had a little insight into uh, maybe what Stu's going to be predicting, but we uh, we won't find that out just yet. Uh, instead, we're going to go to Mister Matthew Moore for his Gucci prediction. Um. That's completely thrown me. Um, I've got I've got the uh, whole um, run without a win extended, but I've gone for a one-all draw, and I've gone with Mishu for uh, for Sunderland and Slater for Hull. Mitchell and Slater. Right. 
it's his team. He's got the floor. He's heard our predictions. What's he going to go with? And how many leaves is he going to give alongside his prediction? Uh, I have also gone for a one-all draw. Uh, just I'm a few... on my own. <laughs> what is that all about? Just, just a few things though to clear to clear this up, Paul. You can take your eight games and shove them up your gooch because um, they beat West Brom five games ago. So have oh, that. I thought it was. I could have sworn it eight games on the Sky Sports scores thing. Well, it's maybe eight eight away games. I'm not. I'm not counting the away games. I'm just saying that they beat West Brom five games ago. So um, other than that. Um, the bizarre I thing I've I do apologise. I do apologise. It said they had one win in nine. That was that was the start. I do apologise. And, and there it is, the, the West Brom game. I, I forgot to mention, Esther Pinion was not in the squad against Rotherham at all. And there's not really been a mention of it, so I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure what's going on with that. Uh, as such... I have stayed away. I have gone for Traore because he's got to score at some point and he's been playing quite well uh, for Hull and I've gone for Diallo for Sunderland. He's finally talking a little bit of sense. I like it. That's our first game and I forgot to mention at the time, live on Sky Sports. So Mm. if you're able to and you're in front of a TV, strap yourselves in. And when that one's finished, why don't you leave it on the same channel and tune into Middlesbrough versus Burnley. Don't you have to turn from Sky Sports to Sky Comedy for that one? (laughs) Oh, no, you might have to go to Sky Sports main event, though. Oh, is it boxing match now, is it? What? Um, Obviously, it's my team, so therefore my prediction will be given... Last, um, I will just say, boys, this may be more for Andy's benefit rather than Stu and, and Matt. Burnley haven't lost in the league yet this year. Say Friday. <laughs> Dems fight words. I like it. Uh, well, let's go. Let's go to Mr. Moore and see what his prediction is. I, I can only presume it's probably a two-nil Burnley win or something like that. Don't, don't, don't be too off yourself. I'm giving you a goal. 2-1. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you bought a goal, Scarra? Oh, he's, he's gone for Zach Stefan. Lovely. Uh, you two Burnley goals? Uh, Teller and <coughs> Zorori? Yeah. At Pompeborough, Teller and Zorori for I feel like I need to hear some optimism in my life, so I'm going to uh, skip past Humberside and go straight to Yorkshire. Um, Mr Cook, what have you got? You almost, you almost managed to predict it down to the tee. Uh, Borough getting the win. It's a 1-0 for Borough. Um, and I, I've, I've shied away from certain players over the season, but we're back with vengeance, so fours to get the goal. God, of course, at the weekend. Will he get another one? Let's hope so. Got a little taste. Mr. Woodman T, what have you got for this one? 
Sting me down for the exact same as Matt, but um, you can keep Teller, the little shit-housing bastard, um, and put Barnes as the second goal scorer for, for Burnley. So, Zorori and Barnes? No, Teller and oh, Barnes. Keep yeah. Teller, apologies. Yeah. It must be some something lost in transmission all the way from Humberside that's clearly not in Yorkshire. Well, it's in that little nook in it where it's probably just going to get cut off and cut in and just push it to see at some point. So We can all um, I have gone for a 1-1 draw. And that's, that, and that's me being optimistic. Um, oh, Burnley, I think at this point, are only five points away from being guaranteed up to get to get promoted, but they only need two wins. Um, I've gone for at one to score for the Borough and Teller to score for Burnley. <laughs> Tough game. Um, although it is approaching a sellout, apparently, according to the website the last time I looked. So they should have a fairly full house. Obviously, Carrick not lost a home game yet, not lost back-to-back games either. Um, so, fingers crossed they might be able to bounce back with a nice positive result for this one. Um, our... That, that concludes our East, uh, Good Friday business. So we move to, not an official day, but Easter Saturday, as it would be, uh, where we move into the Premier League, where they don't seem to give the Premier League the sort of the Good Friday, Easter Monday treatment anymore, which I always find odd. But we see Aston Villa taking on Nottingham Forest in the game that Mr Moore pointed out earlier. Potentially, they were. You would need to see a positive result from Forest to save Mr. Cooper's job. Will he predict that? We'll find out later on. I'll jump in here. Um, if he does need a positive result, he's potentially going to have to wait for another week. As I've definitely gone for a Villa two-nil win in this one. I think it's Forest away from home, not a strong suit. Villa playing really well at the minute. I think they've won the last two. Um, yeah, not not great. I don't I don't really fancy Air Forest's chance on this one, unfortunately. Bumble Watkins and Ramsey to score the goals for the Villa. Stu, what have you got for this? Uh, continuing the theme of my toes, well and truly been stepped on in the predictions this week. I've also got Villa two nil uh, with Watkins and Wendia. Sorry, man. When? Yeah. Mr. Cook? One all. Optimistic. Like it. Here for it. That positivity. I have also got Watkins to score. Um, And once he's cleaned all the spit off him, Johnson will get a goal just just for funsies. Sort of the the sheep bit thing that's on the edge of a farm, like where you have to sort of come out there and you have to sort of like trot your feet through there and then you find. Go on, Mr. Moore, what's what's going to occur? 
should just build it into the A1 as you drive, kind of thing. Just the car just goes into it, and you're just fully submerged, and out you go, cleansed. Uh, so, <laughs> um, a hat trick of two nils to Villa. Um, oh. And I've gone Ollie Watkins and McGinn. I'm not optimistic. Villa are a good side, and they seem to be doing flying at the moment. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless there's some big changes, and he, I think you know, obviously we talked about the play, the, the number of players before, but there's a constant chop and change in and out. Hopefully, a one year can get back into back on the starting lineup this this week. I think that that he brings a different dimension to the team that hopefully could make a difference. But no, I, I don't see it this week though. Yeah, special mention obviously there to his uh, second goal scorer, uh, John Huge Ass McGinn, as I believe he's known, in the dressing room. We move from East Saturday to Good Monday, or Easter Monday, as it's more commonly known. And our first game, which is not on TV, sees Hull City take on Millwall. Andy, what have you got for this one? I'll, I'll save my prediction for the end. Well, not to the end. A whole 1-0 win. Obviously. Well, obviously. Obviously. Estupinian. He thinks he'll be back in the fall. He's certainly hoping he'll be back in the fall. Estupinian, 1-0. Mr. Moore? Uh, Millwall seems to love a draw, so I've gone for another draw here, one each. Goal scorers? Uh, Tufan and Bradshaw. Now, not not to say that, you know, there's any sort of duplication going on in this podcast, but I'll just show what I had for my particular uh, <laughs> prediction there. For those who aren't able to uh, view on YouTube, that, that would be Paul's prediction of 1-1. Two fan and Bradshaw. So, fair enough. Great minds think alike and all that nonsense. Go on, Stu. Tell us how it's going to pan out. Uh, I mean, I should have prefaced this with the fact that they've gone on a massive ticket sort of push again. They haven't fully reduced it, but it's still not necessarily like a massively expensive game to go to uh, with an adult's ticket being 20 quid. Uh, they've sold 18,500 already. It's a home game. Should probably pick nil-nil again, really. <laughs> but um, I have gone for a 1-0 Millwall win with Bradshaw to score. Does it sort of have that feel of just trying to get through the games at this point, just get to the end of the season? Oh, I'm, I've, after what I've seen in the last few weeks, I am under no illusions that there are zero fucks given at that club at this point in time. It's it's not even a let's see how high we can finish. I feel like it's a the the owners are doing all they can to get everybody interested, and all the players are just like, 
yeah, we're done here. Right, that's it. We'll just we'll just wait until next time now. Hmm, not ideal, not ideal. But sadly, the way it goes uh, at certain teams when it gets to this time of the season. Our final game of Good Easter Monday sees Andy's team, sort of, Bristol City versus Middlesbrough. This one is also on Sky Sports. I believe all of Middlesbrough's next four games are live on TV. Have like have you signed up for some sort of special punishment or something like? Yeah, yes, it's called the playoffs. <laughs> Apparently, um, obviously Bristol City versus Middlesbrough. My team, I will have to go last. So let's go and see what Matt has picked. Me. I have got Borough getting back to winning ways. Two one to the Borough. Wells scoring for Bristol City. And Archer and Ramsey scoring for the Borough. Very nice. Mr Cook. 2-0 to the Borough. Archer and Tuba. Archer and Akpom. Akpom, of course, now on 25 goals for the season after his goal against Huddersfield. Stu! I've got a 1-1 draw. I've got um, Wells to score for Bristol City. And are you ready for this, Paul? Are you sitting comfortably? I'm picking Force as the only goal scorer for Middlesbrough. Now, I can understand if... We had like the sort of the back and forth of oh, isn't it terrible how you know Falls has actually got a couple of goals for for Borough after he was so bad for Hull, and then I'd be able to sort of trade off against you know oh look at the look at the the sort of the, the way that Aaron Connolly's hit the ground running. But, no, no, you know, he, he didn't hit the ground running though. He hit the end of his bed and broke his toe. So I mean, again, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered even if he was played. He wouldn't be scoring. He is you, absolute wank. You found the magical formula, though, because don't forget that Akpom once played for us and he was absolutely shite then. So, you know, next season when you sign, I don't know, Chris Martin and Martin Waghorn for some unbeknown reason and then they'll score 40 goals between them because that seems to be the thing. <laughs> oh, we can only hope. So, my team... I'll give the last prediction of the week. I have gone with Andy's score of 2-0 Borough, but I've also gone for Matt's goal scorers, as I have picked Archer and Ramsey to score the goals. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our predictions for week 34. Easter week, as it were, done and dusted. Does anyone have anything they would like to bring to the table for any other business? Uh, just to make Andy feel a little bit better, I did just have a little look at uh, the the news on Oscar. Um, apparently he had an injection for some discomfort before the Rotherham game, but still didn't feel well enough to play, but has been back in training this week. Uh, they just kept it a little bit quiet, seemingly, so it looks like he will be back in the squad this weekend. 
was it that just general discomfort? I quite like this like non-specific dis- uh, it doesn't, doesn't say where the injections were. I mean, he might have, he might have asked for another one into his eyeballs after watching the fucking Rotherham game. To be honest, so <laughs> I've got discomfort. Can I have an injection for it? Where are oh, you? Just, just everywhere. Just, <laughs> just general discomfort. <laughs> Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another week, another dollar, done and dusted. Thank you, as always, to these three wonderful gentlemen for joining me to take you through another week in the haphazard world of Premier League and Championship-based football. Join us all again next week. There might be less of us here than uh, this particular week, but I'll let... I'll let uh, I'll let these boys speak for that next week, if, if required. Uh, but yes, join us again next week, and uh, if, if, if it's on, uh, where we'll uh, break down this week's games, and uh, we'll get some more predictions through to you. But until then, it's bye for now. So there we go, which thing's that? Football, football, football. Last week's football done. This week's football to come. Sure you'll agree. More football than you can shake a stick at. Before you leave us, do consider clicking that subscribe button. Click the like while you're there. Uh, What other things can you click? Um, Email. You can jump over to thecookiecast.com. Click the email button. Send us an email. Tell us what we we do right, what we do wrong. How we can... uh, how we can best improve the podcast. That's it for this time. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.